Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. All right. Now that's the VCU we want to see. That's the VCU that could have a great season. That's the VCU that I think we were all hoping for. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the good and the bad, the ugly group. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you hear tonight, I certainly hope you do, because that was one hell of a second half. And you want to help us out, you can shoot us some dinero. There is a link to the PayPal in the description on Podbean and your other various podcast platforms, like our good friend James Fitzgerald, who sent us another donation the other day. Thank you very much again for your support. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, this year, like you did last year, we very much appreciate it. Now, that was a VCU performance. That's the kind of performance we were hoping to see from this team. They, after a, after an admittedly awful start, uh, that second half, if that's the real VCU, then we're going to have a good season and we're really going to enjoy it. Because you not only saw... An offense that looked like it was supposed to, with players being unselfish and getting getting people, getting their teammates involved. But VCU, that was a vintage defensive performance in the second half. They had Radford's offense in hell. In hell in the second half. And look, in the first half, they couldn't stop Kenyon Giles for love nor money. It didn't matter who they put on him. It didn't matter what kind of shot he threw up that was going in. Zeb Jackson clamped him in the second half. He hit his first attempt in the second half, a three-pointer, and that was pretty much it. He did not hit another shot. He hit one free throw. That was it. He had a couple of assists. And when his offense went away, the rest of their offense went away. And yes, that's a key thing, Chris Conway. They didn't jack up a bunch of threes in this game. And that's the thing. They were only one for six in the second half, but that's the point. They were one for six. Not two for 12, not three for 20. And, you know, one for six is all right when inside the arc you're 13 of 18, which is what they were in the second half. Jason, thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, we really appreciate it. Um, I mean, Darren, that's a fair point. Uh, was Radford was bad in the second half, and and a lot of it was due to the fact that their top scorer Giles, they completely they completely clamped him after he made that first three. But give VCU some credit on defense; their energy was better. They were they were not reaching or leaning. They were in really good guarding position. Their recoveries were really good when they had to have it. 
You know, the, the one of the great plays of this game, Kalani Kalani, Radford makes a really good pass into the post. And I'll tell you, a lot of times, it's going to be a layup. Kalani Kalani makes a great recovery and throws that thing into row 10. It's a great play. And and yes, the stats will, people will look at his stats and go, oh, you know, he only had six points and four rebounds. He also, I mean, he, to me, he, this was a breakout for him because he really struggled to start the season. And I thought he was terrific in this game, especially in the second half, getting rebounds, good defense. And I mean, they all played some great defense. Michael Bell didn't, didn't score a point tonight. He's fabulous on defense. You know, really was right in right in the grill of some of these players. It was great. Zeb, terrific defensive effort again. And another stat sheet stuffing effort. Yes, he has the 17 points. Four boards, five assists, two steals. Beautiful from Zeb. Beautiful from Zeb. And look. This is the other great thing. You know, we were so frustrated, especially the first couple of games with these turnovers, and they only end up with 10 turnovers tonight. And you see what they're capable of. You see the efficiency, nearly 50% from the field. You know, they get to the foul line and they're 19 to 26, which is a little lower than we would like, not as good as the other night, but really, ex but still, Taking advantage of the foul line, which they didn't do last year, even though they got lots of them. And yeah, Toby Lawal. So it's we had Furman get the double double the other night. Toby Lawal gets it tonight with ten points and ten boards. I mean, Toby Lawal in the second half. Rarely do you ever see a one player almost put his team in the bonus by himself. Toby Lawal, I think, on four consecutive possessions drew shooting fouls. And he drew another foul right after that. I mean, he basically put them in the bonus himself. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll say that Rob Crocker. I, I will I will say that I will agree with that. Odom did coach him better. Um, like I said, that second half of basketball—that's the kind of team I want to see. They they shot fifty-eight percent from the field. Radford's four for twenty-two. Just your average 18.2% from the field. I mean, Radford's offense was just, it was nowhere in the second half. And and VCU, you know, the, Ed Nixon talked about it, and, and then Sean Robertson was doing the game with him on ESPN+. Plus. They, their length, their height, their athleticism is going to be hard for everybody because they're just coming at you in waves. And, of course, as, as was pointed out, they don't have Barristow or Bamisil yet, and if they get both of those guys, that's two more 6'8 guys. I mean, Toby LaWall, the go-go gadget arms, that play he made, that play he made, I think it was early in the second half, where he just, I mean, every other player that tries that is going to be called for a foul because they can't get the ball without going through the guy's body. He can get that. These arms are so long. He can get that ball, knock that ball away, without going through a player's body. I mean, so that makes him potentially a frightening weapon on the defensive end if he, if, you know, when he's deployed properly and he plays well and plays with energy on that side of the floor. I mean, it was just a tremendous performance from him tonight uh, in, in in all aspects. Uh, don't want to miss, don't want to miss Jason Nelson. It's funny, we've gone this long, we haven't talked about, you know, the leading scorer for the game, Jason Nelson. But when his team was really stuck in the mud in the first half, 
It was Jason Nelson and Fats Phillips that got him out of it and got them back in the game. Nelson four for five from three and making some beautiful plays. You know, he had one heat check three that he actually made, but so many times making the right decision, Jason Nelson. Not just dribble driving, but when to pass it. And he, and you and again, you like this, you like this, two steals, two assists to go with it. Uh, for Nelson, that was that was really terrific. Loved his game. It is an interesting discussion that I was having, that I was having uh, with some other VCU fans who were watching this game, not in the group, but somewhere else. And they were talking about whether Nelson needs to start. And it is an interesting, it is an interesting um, conundrum because they have not started well in these games, and they've got to do something about that. So. Your argument for putting Nelson in the starting lineup is he hasn't started any of these games. They've really been poor early. They got buried in the McNeese State game, and the other two games they didn't get buried, and they came back. Maybe, maybe Nelson needs to be in there from the start. But at the same time, you love that energy off the bench. You absolutely love to have his energy off the bench as well. So that's 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 an interesting question because they let's see here. I mean, you said at Mike Robansky that it would be Kalani that goes to the bench. Well, then you're really dealing with a very, very guard-heavy lineup. I mean, I don't know. It's a, t- it's a tough one for me. It's a really tough one for me. You know, you're kind of going... If you go Zab, Shulga, and Nelson to start, I mean, to the degree that VCU can go small, that's them going small. And I don't know if that's a great idea to start the game. And look, it could be the case with Jason Nelson that he just needs to see how the game is going, and then he comes in there and can and can and can flip things on the head if it was necessary. Um, you know. So I mean, that's 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 a t- that's a that's going to be an interesting debate, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens against Seattle if he does mess with it. I'll be honest, as well as Kawani Kawani played the second half. Uh, I would I would let him start the next game. Interesting thing too. They win a game on a night where Max Shulga has foul trouble, only plays twenty three minutes, gets eight points. Certainly early in the season, you look at that and say they'd be in trouble. Um, Max Shulga did not have anywhere near the best plus minus tonight. That was Zeb Jackson, who they were plus thirty two with Zeb on the floor. Holy mackerel! You know that's unbelievable. But you look at you look at Jason Nelson tonight, plus twenty off the bench. You know that is terrific. That is absolutely terrific for him. Second best plus minus out there. Amazing job, amazing job from them. I the Bell thing is interesting because again he didn't score tonight, but he's such a good defender, and and he'll have other nights where instead of being zero for six, he's four for six, and that gives you you know nine or ten points in the game. I don't know. It's it, it'll be interesting to see what what Ryan Odom does with that going forward. The good news is this team. I think we were we were worried about a lack of depth because of injuries, because of the Bamasil situation. They don't lack depth. They can play all these guys double digit minutes. And and don't worry about Roosevelt Wheeler. He was really unlucky tonight with an over officious referee. He's going to be fine tonight. Look. And that's the thing, Bruce. You didn't see a lot of Fats in the second half because the lineups they had were working. But again, Fats and Nelson pulled them out of the doldrums in the first half. 
Uh, I, I thought Fats was great in the first half. Uh, who might, and, and Mike, I, I don't know when we're going to get a Bama Hill ruling. I think it's absolutely nonsense that we've gone into the season and they're still thinking about it. That's, these things should be adjudicated before the season starts because it's either, yes, he's going to play or no, he's not going to play at all. And this whole willy or won't he thing is bad for preparation. I think it's bad for the player themselves. Uh, and and the way the NCAA handles that is a disgrace. It should already be decided. I mean, with St. Louis, with the the, guy, the kid from China that they got, it was, I think, hours before the first game or second game. No, it was hours before their opener that they finally ruled and said he was eligible. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And, and, and there's just no reason. There is no reason that this that this uh, that this um, this can't be, had been decided by now. Uh, look, Rob, it's too early to make those judgments. They're two and one. They looked horrible against McNeese State, but I'm telling you, McNeese State's going to win the Southland. And I'm telling you, Radford, I know they got they were terrible in the second half. Radford's going to be right in the mix in the side in the Big South. Um, you know, I'm I'm not making any judgments about that. Uh, and again, this this conference is off to a good start. Tonight didn't go as well as we hoped. Duquesne lost a heartbreaker to Princeton. Right at the end, they had a chance to win, and and Drabe missed a shot off the backboard that he should really should make. And Richmond was ahead of, was playing well against Boston College and ended up losing a tight one there. Um, it's too early to say, but I think the A10 is off to such a better start than than the last two years. It's not even close. So I I think you know we'll see because these next few weeks are really going to tell the tale because that's when. That's when we get the multi-team events and we're going to see what's what. And that's, like Urbanski, that's the perfect point. We are seeing progress. The McNeese State was all, game was almost uniformly terrible. The second game against Sanford, the first half was pretty bad. They came back. This first half wasn't very good. This second half was really, really good. Ah, and you bring up the boards, Jason Hutto. It's a great point. Let's go back to that. They were minus seven. They were down seven on the boards at halftime. They end up they end up only minus one, and that's only because Radford got one right at the end. You know, much better job on the boards in the second half from VCU. Two things, two things in, in the first half that was killing them that they changed it that they did a better job on was the rebounds, points off turnovers. They were losing that in the first half. Big. VCU 13 to 2 points off turnovers. That's more like it. That's more like it than taking advantage of those opportunities. Getting to the foul line and making enough of them for it to hurt. You know, they they get they end up plus four in the second half at the foul line with four more free throws. And for the game, they end up uh plus plus nine at the foul line, 19 to 26. And the other team shoots bad. 10 to 17, which hurt their, any chance Radford had of stemming the tide. They couldn't do it because they weren't making free throws. And that was critical. That was critical in the first half because in the first half, they barely missed. They were eight and nine uh, from the foul line in the first half. And without that, they're in real trouble in the game. Uh, the assist to turn over, the assist uh, to make baskets was, was not as high as I would like, but that's because they didn't get a lot of assists in the first half. Uh, they did a much better job on that in the second half. 
Uh, they ended up with 13 assists on 24 made field goals. For me, that's too low because you want to be 60% or higher. And, uh, and ideally, I think you're about, you, you really want to have 70% of your baskets assisted. First half, they only had five assists on 10 made field goals. So, that, and they're, and offensively, they were, they were struggling. So, but second half, much better, much better. And it was just, it was just better all the way around. Defensively, offensively, hustling to the ball, making plays, you know, along with the highlight dunks, uh, Zeb with the highlight dunk. I, I know he can get up there. I still get surprised every time I see it. It's just, it just, it kind of comes out of nowhere with him sometimes. I mean, that was a, that was a huge flush. So what you're starting to see is somebody on the inside, one of the big guys is going to do something every night. I, I'm feeling confident saying that now, whether it's for me or Malal, and yes, Wheeler will get his time. Don't worry about that. I really am positive that Wheeler's time is going to come as well. One of our front court players is going to do something. One of our big centers is going to have a big night. You just don't know which one. And you're now starting to see a varied attack that can cause you a problem. Okay, Matt Schulg is not scoring. Zeb can pick the load up. Uh, uh, Nelson can pick the load up. Other guys can pick the load And that's the thing. When they got rolling in the A-10 last year, that's exactly what happened. We had seven, what was it? I think at A-10 play, we either had seven or eight different guys lead a game in scoring. I mean, that is fantastic. That's the kind of team you want to be because that is the kind of team that makes it so hard for the other team to prepare for because they can't, they just, they tried to load up on ace last year and they couldn't do it. They could early in the season, maybe, not later in the season because you had none, because you had Deloach, because you had all these other guys. The, The same thing looks like it's starting to happen here. And if it is, that's going to make this team incredibly challenging for their opponents because the athleticism is there, the size is there, the hops are there. Now the skill is starting to show itself. Now the cohesion is starting to maybe happen. Again, we won't really know until we get to Orlando, presuming we don't throw up all over ourselves Saturday afternoon against Seattle. But that's going to be the acid test. But this was a huge step forward because you had all the elements of a bad home loss. You had the really good guard we shouldn't let get going early, got going early. Giles was on fire early in this game, and you're just like, God bless, don't do this to us again. Seriously, don't do this to us again. So you had that. You had VCU turning the ball over in the first half. You had the whole issue with, you know, getting rebounds swiped away from them because... They didn't hold on to the ball tightly and all these other things. They were down eight. You know, they had that bad stretch where it was 22-22 after a not good start. And then we had about three or four really terrible possessions in a row. And Radford went bing, 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 and it's 30-22. And you're like, this is, we've seen this movie before and we don't like how it ends. And they put and, and Billups and Nelson pulled it back around and got us to got us to a tie game at halftime. And then VCU just just stifled them in the second half and choked the life out of them. And that's that's the kind of VCU we like. That's the kind of VCU that we saw 
so often during the last regime, we saw this team just like a boa constrictor, just literally strangled the life out of somebody. It was great. And they did it here. And again, this is going to be a, this Radford team is going to be going to be a good team. They, as, as we pointed out in the, in the game thread, I think it was by Jason Hutto, they led at halftime against Carolina. You know, they gave Carolina fits in that game before they went away, before Carolina put them away in the second half. So, you know, this is this was a good test. And I think even though Seattle's missing one of their best players, that could be a good test. But we have something that we can build on. And I, I agree, Ben Brown. This is this is gonna be this is something that they're gonna build on and is gonna give them confidence. Because this this is this was as complo- co- close to a complete game as you could play. And really, they only did it for, you know, 22, 23 minutes. Because, of course, you know, the first 15, 16 minutes of this game was not good. And they really turned him around at the end and then got rolling in the second half. I mean, that second half drought, I think they said it was eight and a half minutes. I'm going to look now. I mean, they just, it was really, they there was nothing they can do. So they get the, they get the Giles three at 1850. And I think we got to go all the way down. Uh yeah, that was a. I thought that was pretty hilarious what Ed Nixon said about. Oh, they might have overlooked VCU for. <laughs> Ed Nixon is a card. I love Ed Nixon. You anybody that listens to this knows knows I'm the biggest Ed. I'm one of the biggest Ed Nixon fans with him on the call uh, that there can be. So, eighteen. So it was eight minutes and forty seconds without a point, without a point for for the Highlanders. I mean that is that's. That is what VCU did regularly or pretty close to regularly uh, during Mike Rhodes' time here. They would, they, would, they would stifle a team like that all the time. Yeah, and, and yes, they got to win the Seattle game, obviously. You want to be 3-1. Three and, uh, three and one. You want to have that momentum. But what, what, what you want to see is, are they starting to do the right things? Is this team starting to connect? Is this team starting to form a fabric? And it's fine if they do that, because again, I, I'm going to trust the coaching staff that if this team starts to for, starts to kind of form an identity and stuff, that they'll be able to figure out a way to fold Barristow into it when he comes back, without it messing up the flow. So they need to do that, and this half is the start of that. This half was the start of that because that's that's the way we want to see VCU play. That's that's what we've been used to. That's what we like. That's the kind of VCU that everybody's going to get behind. Because, you know, you saw you saw the energy in that crowd, the way they were playing defense and getting these loose balls and getting on the floor. That that got everybody going. Of course, didn't hurt the walls. The walls uh, dancing in the clouds and slamming in the clouds didn't hurt either. I mean, the way he gets up sometimes, it just, again... You still can't, even though you've seen it, you still can't believe it as many times as he does it. Whew! So that was, I really enjoyed that. I hope everybody did too. Uh, that's that's what I'm looking for, and I'm hoping for a similar effort against Seattle because if they do that there, then we can start really hope, really thinking that that they can do some, they can do some real business down in Orlando because that's the key. They're going to have to do some business down there to make up for what happened with Mini State and to, and to make a statement for this league. So, Saturday, I think it's 2 o'clock. I'm looking it up now, but I think it's 2 o'clock. 
that uh, VCU's playing here. So let me just look that up real quick. Um, oh, Ben, honestly, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Ben Brown asks, any preference on playing Virginia Tech or Boise State? For recent success, uh, you'd want to play Boise State because they've been in the tournament. Uh, and yes, it is 2 p.m. So it's 2 p.m. Saturday, Madison slash ESPN Plus again. And I'm off Saturdays, so uh, I would be with you guys. And uh, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. For recent success is Boise State. I'm hoping Virginia Tech has improved. The reason I'd want to play Virginia Tech is that I'm tired of the fact that Virginia Tech ducks all the really good programs in this state. They'll, they'll play they'll play Radford and they'll play some of the smaller D1 programs in the state. They'll play VMI. They'll play teams like that. But by and large, they won't play ODU when ODU's any good. They won't play VCU when VCU's any good or Richmond. You know, and it really grinds my gears. I, I And it just, you know, it makes me mad. They should be doing that. Darren, UVA's played a home and home with VCU. I know it's been several years, but Tony Bennett's come to the Seagull Center. And, you know, Ryan Odom said it during, during uh, one of his press conferences. They were trying to get a UVA game this year. It's just the dates didn't line up. Um there's a pretty good chance we're going to play UVA again soon. So, you know, North Carolina's played UNC Wilmington when they've been really good. Granted, not at their place, obviously. Um, but no, that no, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. You know, UVA has played some of the really good teams. Not often, but they have. And Tech, and tech has done it. They have ducked people. Uh, and it pisses me off. And Tech has played, you know, when they had Seth Greenberg, they would play, you know, these rotten, terrible non-conference schedules and then didn't get in. And they should have played the quality teams in this in this state. So it's like that. that's... And the thing is, I know we'd go to Castle. I know VC would absolutely love to go to Castle Coliseum and play them. So that's not an... That shouldn't be an issue. That should not be an issue. So... You know, that's kind of why I want to play Tech because I'm kind of tired of, of them not doing it. And by the way, speaking of that, I don't know if y'all watched Old Dominion last night. Uh, they, they they gave Arkansas a fright uh, in Fayetteville. Arkansas is nationally ranked. It's time for VC and ODU to be playing again. So Ryan Odom and, and Ed and everybody else, hear me on that. ODU has had their dip. They're going to be pretty good this year, and I bet you they're going to be pretty good going forward. This whole, oh, we can't play ODU because they're not good enough. Uh-uh. It's time to bring that one back. Because that that's, if it's baloney, the Tech won't play VCU, and I'm mad at them over that. It's equally as terrible that VCU's not playing ODU because ODU's not good enough to be on the schedule. That's BS. That's BS. Uh, you know, let's get... Let's get that one back on the schedule next year, guys. Please. So, Saturday, 2 p.m., not working. No question about it. Be here for a live video in the, in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group. 
uh, with it coming out in podcast land the next day, Sunday, which you can hopefully get get some of that before the NFL games start. East, you good and the bad and the ugly group. Join us. We have our game threads. Lots of debate and comments and lots of fun in there. We keep our eye on the other VCU teams, like the women's basketball team who's 3-0. That was a really good win against East Carolina, who was in the tournament last year, last night. VCU's women couldn't miss in the last quarters. Amazing performance. And they've had a heck of a turnaround uh, or start to the season after a tough season last year. We keep our eye on those. Um, We keep our eye on our A-10 brethren. George Mason's about to beat Cornell. Which is which is a decent win because Cornell's probably going to be a contender in the Ivy this year, um, and of course we're not too far away from tail from the non-conference, which means we'll start being we'll start keeping our close eye on our non-conference uh, on our non-conference opponents, uh, and uh, as we do, and then of course you know when we get to December, or get to about Christmas, and we've had enough of a sample size, VCU by the numbers will return. Ken Palm Net. Uh, national, you know, some some national rankings in key categories. If we're in the bracket, uh, bracket positions, if that happens, um, yeah, Microbansky, Princeton's really good. Remember, I think they were in a Sweet 16 last year, Princeton, and they're going to be right up there again in terms of winning that conference. Princeton's a really good team. You know, that's that would have been a would have been a heck of a win for uh for for those Dukes. Um. So that's, you know, that's, don't be disrespecting Princeton. That's a pretty good basketball program right now. So all of those things is part of the good and the bad and the ugly group. Uh, that's why it's, uh, that's why you should be joining us and, and being in, in here on Facebook with us. So see you Saturday. Can't wait. Last game before Orlando. So hopefully VCU not looking past it. And they go and get the W, and and continue to build on build on some of the good things they've done in these second halves of these last two games. Thank you all for listening out there in podcast land. Thank you everybody in the in the Facebook group for your comments. As always, I appreciate them. Until next time, have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.